morning, good morning, good morning. I'd like to say good morning to you, radio station, and everybody that's listening. I say good morning, and I welcome you today. Um, I am Cassandra Pugh, evangelist, and I'm from Chosen Christian Ministries, located at 8014 Melothian Turnpike in Richmond, Virginia, where my pastors are Warren and Daphne Studevant. I am glad that you guys are on today on this marvelous Tuesday. Um, Normally I would do a testimony, but I have a word today that I really will, really believe will bless you. So I'm going to go straight into it. And where we're going to go today is going to be from 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1. Chapter 1, verses 11 and verses 26 through 28. So it's 1 Samuel, chapter 1, verse 11, and verse 26 through 28. The whole chapter was blessed, but it would take too long. So I'm going to have to paraphrase a lot of it so that I can get it all in. So I'm going to be reading from the King James Version and also the message so we can get a clear understanding. So um, from verse 11 from the King James first, it says, And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thy handmaid and remember me, and not forget thy handmaid, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child. Then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now the message says that she said, Then she made a vow, O God of the angel army, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, If you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely, unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. Amen. And um, verse 26 to 28 from the King James says, And she said, O my Lord, as thy soul liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord for this child I prayed and the Lord has given me my petition which I asked of him therefore also I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth he shall be lent to the Lord and he worshiped the Lord there and back to the message for verse 26 it says Hannah said excuse me sir Would you believe that I'm the very woman who was standing before you at this very spot praying to God? I prayed for this child, and God gave me what I asked for. And now I have dedicated him to God. He's dedicated to God for life. Then and there they worship God. Amen? Amen. So that's where I want to come from. The rest of it, like I said, is really blessed. But we're going to just deal with those verses right now. So what we're talking about is making a vow to God. 
sacrificing, making a sacrificing, and then trusting God, amen, and then trusting Him to to deliver what what you are asking for, amen. So let me paint paint a scenario for you. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you could taste it? What do you do when you get your hopes up too high for something? And you think that you're going to get it, and you prepare yourself for it, and you think it's getting ready to happen, but then in a moment that it it looks like it's not going to happen, then what do you do? How can you trust God after something like that? What do you do? Now, think about it. You told everybody about the good news, thinking it was going to happen because all the signs showed that it was going to happen, but it don't happen. So what do you do? What do you say? And how can you trust God now? So how do you press through the pain and the disappointment and the embarrassment? Again, how do you trust God? Now, we're talking about sacrifice. Today we're going to find out how Hannah from the book of 1 Samuel, how she handled her situation and she pressed through her pain. Here we find that her husband, Elkanah, which Elkanah means God has purchased or God created. And so Elkanah, he went out to worship and sacrificed unto the Lord of hosts in Shiloh every year. This is every year. And when it was time for Elkanah to give to his family, He gave a portion to each of them, but to his wife Hannah, he always gave her a worthy portion. Um, And it was, and it's not because she had no children. That's not why he did that. It was because the word says that Elkanah loved Hannah. Now, worthy means when something when you when something that means worthy means that it's having worth, some merit, some value. It's useful, it's honorable, it's admirable, and it's sufficient, it's deserving. So that's what worthy means. So this shows that Elkanah believed that Hannah was worthy of the portion. Honorable of the portion, deserving of the portion he gave her. But what he gave to his wife, Penina, and the children he had were heard. The word says he gave them portions, which indicates to me that he was doing his husband and fatherly duties and providing for his family. But was that worthy? Was that a worthy portion from her husband? Really enough for her? So Hannah's womb was shut up. Means that it was it was not. It was closed. Not only was it shut up, but the Lord had shut it up. So it was the Lord who shut up her womb. What could have what could her husband do about that? Absolutely nothing. Because God shut her womb. Hannah wanted something and only the Lord had the power to give to her. Only the Lord. Sometimes there are things people want to give us that only God can give us. And the word of God says that Penina was her adversary. Means that the other wife, Penina, she, she, um, she was an enemy of Hannah. Okay, so... Also, that Penina provoked Hannah year after year. So because Hannah wasn't able to have a child, Penina, the other wife, would provoke Hannah. And, you know, provoking means enrage, vexing someone, or stirring up, you know, feelings in a negative way. So now the word talks about how her adversary, who is Penina, 
um, provoked her so much to make her fret because she did not have any children. The adversary here was not the devil per se, but it was the devil working through the other wife, Penina. Amen? So Hannah was provoked um, by Penina so much that she, she made her fret, like I said, and the word fret means um, vex and agitate and to gnaw at, like somebody's gnawing at with their teeth. teeth. And that's what Penina was doing. So we must remember that she, Hannah, I'm talking about Hannah, had a lot going on against her that was causing her to go into depression. So she had Penina, she had, number one, she had Penina, which is Elkanah's other wife who gave him children, which was Hannah's desire to give her husband children. And I'm quite sure this caused the spirit of jealousy to creep in. And the fact that Penina was provoking her year after year, now when somebody's provoking you year after year, then now here comes resentment and bitterness and maybe even hatred towards Penina. This may have made Hannah feel less than a woman, you know? Think about it. Most women want to give their husbands a child. I'm sure I had to be, it had to be hard though, living in a house with your husband, his other wife, with their children, and knowing that the other wife is operating as your enemy and provoking you every chance she gets year after year. Do you really think that you could have been in those shoes? It's hard. If you were strong, though, year after year of the same thing, you most likely would have gotten weary, even if you were strong and even bitter, like she was herself. Hannah was grieving, though, in her heart and weeping, and her husband thought that he should have been more than enough for her. He felt like, you know, I'm, I should be more than enough for you, even without the kids. And we have to realize that, that no human being, even our husbands, can be all that we need. God did not design us that way. And without God, we will always be searching to fulfill that hole in us. And it can only be filled once we have God. We need God. He fulfills the emptiness. You can have all the money in the world, but without God, you're still empty. And I want to paraphrase... Um, um, verses 9 through 15. It says, Then the story goes on to say that Hannah rose up after their meal in Shiloh. Hannah came across Eli, who is the priest, who sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. And when he saw her, she was in she was in bitterness of soul. She was bitter, and her soul was bitter, and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And that's how sad she was. Hannah made a vow to the Lord of hosts that if he would give her a man-child, that she would give him back to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall come upon his head. Now, while she was praying, Eli the priest marked her mouth. Okay, so that's like she was praying but not speaking out. And so her mouth was moving. So Hannah was speaking in her heart with only her lips moving. And Eli thought, the, Eli's the priest, he thought she was drunk since he heard no sound and fussed at her. He fussed at her because of it. And Hannah answered him and explained to him, look, that she was not drunk. I'm not drunk. But I'm a woman with a sorrowful spirit and that... 
you know, and that she poured out her soul before the Lord. And that's just how bad she wanted a child. And it wasn't just for her husband, it was for herself and to get back to the Lord. Here, Hannah has to bring to Eli's remembrance of who she was, okay? Hannah said to Eli, I am that woman who stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. This is the child, and this is when she um, comes back. This is the child I prayed for. See, the moment, that moment when he saw her praying and, and he heard no sound, she's letting him know, you remember that when I was doing that? This is the child I prayed for. And the Lord has given me my petition, what I prayed for. And I have lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth. He shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord there. Amen. So my question to you is this. This is my question. What did Hannah do? Out of reading all this, what did Hannah do? She sacrificed. She sacrificed herself, you know. And, um, you know, she prayed, of course. She, she made her vow, and she was trusting God to help her, okay. So, and how did she get what she prayed for, you know. We said she sacrificed. So these are the steps she took. She rose up. When you're down and out, guess what? You got to rise up, number one. You got to rise up. And, after, and, and, and it says, after she realized that all she was doing in her own strength was not working. And a lot of times we got to figure it out. Like, look, everything I'm doing ain't working. You know, so you have to rise up. And that's what she did. She knew her present condition of bitterness was not going to get her anywhere. And that she needed to get her heart right with God. So you got to rise up and get your heart right. Then the second thing she did was she prayed. Hannah prayed and she wept sore. So she poured out her heart in her prayer. It wasn't a little petty prayer. It was some real prayer and tears. It was a heart change. And then the third thing she did, she vowed. She made a vow unto the Lord. Hannah made a vow unto him. And then the fourth thing she did, she prayed again. So she didn't say, okay, I'm going to pray one time. No, she prayed again. And Hannah began to pray again, but this time she spake in her heart. Her prayer was not heard, even though her lips was moving. And then the fifth thing she did, she received her peace, you know. And that's what the God gives you, the Lord gives you, is your peace, you know. And after Eli realized that Hannah was pouring out her heart to the Lord in prayer, he told her to go in peace. And the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. And guess what? He had no clue what she prayed for. He just told her, go in peace and let God grant you your petition. Okay? And then the sixth thing she did, what happened is that she received grace. And Anna asked for grace from Eli. Amen? So, and then the seventh thing that happened was... Um, restoration came, restoration came, and Hannah went her way. After she got restored, she went away, and guess what? She was able to eat again, and she was no more sad, because originally she was sad, and she had stopped eating, and at this point, Hannah's faith kicked in. She became joyful. She was eating again. She left expecting God to do something on her behalf, and when Hannah left the that, that place, she had an assurance in her heart that her petition was heard, knowing she had received the grace she had asked 
for and that God was going to work out her situation. And see, we got to trust God that God will work out our situation. She did not leave empty handed. She left with hope, hope, which is something she did not go with. She also left with peace. And we know she did not have that when she went. She also left with joy, which is something she did not go with also. She went there empty and walked away full of heart. That right there should should encourage somebody. Amen. So the victory in this um, is that she received her breakthrough. She received it. And again, after she came to herself is when she rose up. She had to come to herself and knew it was time to do something to change her situation. And then she prayed and wept. And that's when she sought the Lord and made her vow to God. That means she got serious with God. She prayed some more, meaning that she started to give God all she had in prayer. Praying until she appeared drunk to Eli. So she, we know she had to be praying hard. And probably got drunk in the spirit. If, it, if she got drunk, it was in the spirit. And she received her grace, like we said, her peace. And what she petitioned for, amen, from the Lord was through her faith. And it says, faith without works is dead. So she exercised her faith. And after her breakthrough, I am sure when she rose up early in the morning with her family, the next time, she was a different person. She was different. She, You have to be different. Um, when they returned home to, to Rhema, I believe she returned to change woman, a woman of expectation. So now she's in a place she can expect, expect something. And this is where we should be. Amen. We should re when we receive our breakthrough due to sacrificing, trusting God, and, and, and even when we make vows and stuff. But the point is when we receive our breakthrough, we should be changed. We should be full of expectation and ready to fulfill the promise we have vowed to the Lord. Once God gives us something, we ought to give it back to him. It may not be a child, but whatever it is, we need to give it back. We need to serve him. If he gives you singing, and sing and give that to him. He has entrusted things in our care. So if he gave you a voice to sing, give it back. Give it back. If he gave you a... Uh, gave you um, this, you know, to be able to preach, give it back. You know, whatever he gives you, give it back. It's not yours anyway. There's no excuses for it. And the results of the vow, th these are the results. Elkanah knew Hannah. This is the result now. So when the word says Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her, that means they came together as husband and wife, and then that's when the Lord opened that womb and, and blessed her so they could have the child. So it had nothing to do with Elkanah. It had everything to do with God opening up her womb. Okay? So Hannah got pregnant, had her man-child, and named him Samuel. Okay? Which was her seed of promise. Okay, he was her seed of promise. And when the time came, she lent Samuel to the Lord. So, so she kept her vow. So when you make a vow, keep it. Okay, or don't vow at all. Everything God has lent to us belongs to him, not to us, even our children. Okay, and that's where you get that Proverbs 22 and 6. Um, and I'm closing. 
Penina was less, and, and just making a note that Penina, which was the other wife, was less favored than Hannah, even though at that time Hannah was barren. She brought grief and disharmony to the household. So you got one blessed wife and another one bringing grief and disharmony. <laughs> Hannah started focusing on herself, and this is how things changed for her. She started focusing on herself and God, and that's what we need to do. When the end of adversary coming against us, guess what? We need to focus on God. And this is my conclusion right now. Um, we have to seek the Lord, okay? We can stop the enemy in his tracks. We got to get our focus back, get in relationship with God, for God has favored us, even if we are barren, okay? You do not have to stay barren. God can change your situation, but it's up to us. For him to change. So he can change. We got to make our minds set up for it. We are in partnership with the Almighty. We have to do something. Just like uh, we want him to do something. Again, we must do something. We have to get off our do-nothings and do something. Okay? We, we make up so many excuses, but we don't need to do that. So God can change what is barren. Okay? So whatever's barren in your life, my life, guess what? God can change it. And, and all we need to do is start seeking him, making our vows to him, and fulfilling the vows that we make. And be honest with ourselves, because God already knows the truth. And don't allow our mouth to cause us to sin. Amen. And I know that was a mouthful. <laughs> I know that was a mouthful. Amen. That was a mouthful. But don't let our mouths cause us to sin. Cause us to sin. Make a vow and follow the vow. And um and I and I closed it with that because that was the sermon. The sermonette. <laughs> but um Amen. Amen. But I do wanna pray us out because it's we should pray out. Um, and it's, it's from Numbers, what I gave last week, Numbers 6, verses 24 through 26. It says, May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Again, I am Evangelist Cassandra Pugh from Chosen Christian Ministries, 8014 Melothian Turnpike. And I said this last week, and it might be your first time on listening to me, but if you need to get in touch with me, to touch and agree with you in prayer, or maybe looking for a church home where you want to serve the Lord, or maybe you need a listening ear, you can contact me. And and this, this is how you can contact me. This is my email address. Okay, it's making it on broken pieces at gmail.com. Making it on broken pieces at gmail.com when you email me just leave your name and your contact number and so i can reach you and and also i've written a book called making it on broken pieces so if you like to get a copy do the same thing just leave a message and say that you want a copy it costs twelve dollars and fifty cents and we'll get you a copy amen and until next week peace and blessings <laughs> be unto you